0: There are currently four teams in the Pacific Division holding down playoff spots. The Vegas Golden Knights, Los Angeles Kings, Seattle Kraken, and Edmonton Oilers. Will all four of those teams be in the playoffs at the end of the regular season? What's the biggest concern for each team? And what will they be looking to do at the trade deadline? Those answers to those questions coming up on this special Pacific Division Roundtable. Hi, everybody. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked on LA Kings and your moderator for this special show. Because it was my idea. Welcome to a special episode of Locked On Kings, Locked On Golden Knights, Locked On Kraken, and Locked On Oilers, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Joining me for this special show, we welcome in Chris Gollick. He is one of the co hosts of Locked On Golden Knights, and you can follow him on Twitter at td chris g good morning there guys. i am thanks
1: for joining <laughs> us hello good morning oh. how are we doing i've i got all these like special things happening we're getting intros this is fun this is cool uh,
0: only the only the best here uh for this uh i like it for this special show we also have the host of locked on kraken she is erica ayala you can follow her on twitter at e lindsay 08 l-i-n-d-s-a-y hello erica
2: what's cracking folks
0: <laughs> the cracking the, the are cracking right now and last but not least it is the host of locked on oilers his name is brett holden he is at the real holden 40 good morning brett aloha how's it going it's going very very well so far which is kind of surprising we're all here we all sound okay we all look relatively well uh, it's great oh, to have you all here obviously Uh, and uh, want to start off by giving each host a chance to give a quick rundown of their team's season so far. And as your host, I I will lead off very quickly here and talk about the Los Angeles Kings. Um, currently, right now, second in the Pacific Division, but boy, is it a tight race right now between all of our teams. Uh, Vegas 68 points, LA 67 points, Seattle 66 points, and Edmonton 65 points. The Kings, right now. (laughs) In second place, kind of where I thought they would be um, at this point in the season. I, I kind of picked them third to, uh, in the division to finish off. Um, but the season started off very up and down. Uh, the defense was bad. The goaltending was bad. The penalty kill was really bad. But over the last couple of months, the Kings have really straightened things out. The, the offense has been pretty consistent throughout. They've got Kevin Fiala in the offseason. He's definitely worked out the way they'd hoped. Um, But the goaltending has been uh, bad, and it's been a surprise with Phoenix Copley in net and actually playing really well. Uh, One of the bigger surprises, I think, in the NHL that this guy, who's a career AHL guy, would be coming in and saving the Kings season a little bit. Um, But the penalty kill has gotten a lot better over the last two months. The defense has gotten a lot better over the last two months. So everything looking pretty good for the Kings, as long as Phoenix Copley can continue to do what he's doing. Uh, so that's the brief story of the Los Angeles Kings so far. Let's uh, let's defer now to the team that is leading currently the Pacific division. And this can change on a nightly basis, but let's go to Chris Golic, who is the host of locked on golden eyes to give us a quick recap of so- the season so far for Vegas.
1: Oh my goodness. It's only a half hour show divided by four of us. So I'll do the best I can as quick as I can. Um Start off hot and middle of 35 games, basically 500 hockey after the All Star break. The team is picked up. We are now without our captain, Mark Stone. We are without our starting All Star Pacific starting goalie, Logan Thompson. So many questions about the path this team might be on as the trade deadline approaches. Could possibly invoke the Patrick Kane rule, as Mark Stone may or may not come back in the regular season, but might be okay come playoff time, depending on how that shakes out. And I think uh, last I checked, even though we're all in a playoff position right now, <clears throat> we're all basically only in the playoffs by like eight points right now. It's pretty crazy to gap from top of the Pacific to wild card two and below right now. So it's going to be a, a fun ride to the end. Hopefully, all four of us can be there and uh, we'll have some fun uh, come playoff time. Well, I think
0: Vegas was a little bit of a wild card for me. I could see them at the beginning of the year winning the division. And then, you know, with the injuries and what's going on in goal, I thought, you know, maybe they don't make the playoffs. But the Seattle Kraken, I don't know that any of us had the foresight to see the Seattle Kraken doing what they're doing this year. So we turn it over to the host of Locked on Kraken, Erica Ayala. Eric, Erica, tell us a little bit about this amazing season so far for the Seattle Kraken.
2: Yeah, it certainly has been a surprise. I think we're uh, showing up a little bit earlier than expected, Um, hoping that it lasts. Um, I think early on, lots of concerns in net, which carried over from last year. We dropped Chris Drieger to an ACL injury while he was with Hockey Canada. Philip Grubauer then drops in a game that he was playing really well in against his former team, Colorado. So that left Martin Jones, but uh, Martin Jones kind of, held on to that starting spot for better or worse, depending on where you lie in Kraken Nation. But uh, he, he did what he had to do, got us some wins. Don't think that it was a great start for Seattle. And I think now we're reverting a little bit back to that. What I mean is just not playing complete games, maybe not having the confidence or the swagger that it takes to be in a playoff hunt. That those are the big questions that I keep asking. Uh, you know, I know we'll get into some moves. I don't think the Seattle Kraken will do much more than Jacob Megna, but at sure. least he's a defender. So I uh, got my wish kind of there. <laughs> uh, so we shall see. I think it's still a grind for Seattle, but they keep surprising me. So uh, I'll just go along with the ride.
0: And I think goaltending is certainly an interesting theme for all four of our teams so far. Let's, uh, let's get the uh, summary of the season so far for the team currently holding down the number one wildcard spot in the West, and that would be the Edmonton Oilers. Not last, but not least. Don't worry, Brett, we're going to have you lead off a few of these questions, but let's go to the host <laughs> of Locked on Oilers, Brett Holden.
3: I'm just more concerned about what y'all are talking about goalie issues. What do you mean goalie issues? Not nah, at the start of the year, the Oilers did have those goalie issues and surprisingly it was rookie goaltender and also all-star Stuart Skinner, who is leading the Edmonton Oilers kind of in that crease. And now since Christmas, it's been Jack Campbell and since Christmas, the Edmonton Oilers have really started to turn it on. They are nine, one and two over their last 12 games. And well, They haven't lost – they've only lost one regulation game, excuse me, since the addition of Vinny DeHarnay calling him up from the AHL. The Oilers have really, really been better from the back end, and everybody knows about Connor Leon, Zach Hyman, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I mean, you don't even have to talk about them. So the Edmonton Oilers have had a tough spot from the start of the year, and now we're starting to see that climb to the point where, heck, like you said, we could even see changes from the top spot game to game. So it's been a very great start to 2023 for the Edmonton Oilers, but it wasn't until Christmas where the Oilers have really started to pick it up.
0: All right, well, let's go a little reverse skate here. And, uh, Brett, you're going to lead off our next question. What is the biggest concern you have for the Edmonton Oilers?
3: Well, I mean, starting the season, it was that goaltending and more specifically the defense The Oilers are starting to figure that out again. Darren A has been fantastic. He leads the Oilers in goals against per 60 minutes since joining the Oilers. So he's been great at five on five. I should should say that. So it hasn't really been that since the start of the year. It seems to be finding support for Darnell Nurse. Cody Ceci, over the last 19 games, hasn't had a single point, and that's not that important, but the Edmonton Oilers, especially for Cody Ceci, but the Edmonton Oilers need to find ways that'll take the pressure off Darnell Nurse. He can't always be playing 25, 26, 27 games or minutes per game. The Oilers need to find a guy or, or find some way to take that pressure off, and at times it has been depth scoring but the Oilers have been seeing more depth scoring Warren Fogle with two goals against uh, the Detroit Red Wings Ryan McLeod scoring against uh, the Ottawa Senators the Oilers have had more depth scoring it has to be taking pressure off of Darnell Nurse
0: all right uh, Eric Ayala host of locked on Kraken what's your biggest concern for Seattle
2: I think I've said it on all of your shows before. I say it almost every day on Locked on Kraken, but it really is defense. Uh, Not just because I personally love defense, but we're starting to see Philip Grubauer get more starts. And there was a great article that Sound of Hockey did. A lot of other people have started to really crunch the analytics. And Philip Grubauer, numerically speaking, has the better numbers right now and will likely start to take over as the top netminder. Now, what does that mean? The problem is defense because we give Philip Grubauer no goalie support. I talk about it on the show all the time. I can't quite figure out why the team plays differently in front of Grubauer than they did Drieger last year, and then they do in front of Martin Jones this year. But the numbers don't lie, whether you're looking at the uh, in-depth analytics of why Grubauer might be the starting netminder, or if you're looking at the fact that the team just doesn't score when he's in net. And so it's a little bit of a balancing act there. I'll go back also to goaltending. I do think we're going to have another goaltending problem, like we did last year except in the inverse last year we were like who the heck is our goaltender who's playing well enough to get in there chris trigger has been uh you know he's out of the track suit he's in full gear and he's likely going to come back in the next month or two now martin jones got us to where we are there is no doubt about that as i just said uh, Philip Grubauer likely going to take over the starting spot, at least for a little bit. So what does that mean for Dreger? Because we do have Dreger and Grubauer long-term. Jones, we do not. So I'm very curious to see what we're going to do about goaltending. It is going to be a problem, but not for, uh, I guess, a good problem. Hopefully a good problem. And maybe will eliminate some of the lack of goal support and some of the lack of defensive effort that we sometimes see from the team.
0: All right, and uh, let's wrap up the topic with Locked On Golden Knights host Chris Golick. What is your biggest concern for Vegas?
1: We got two right now. One, Mark Stone. How many teams can go on a run without their captain? Mark Stone was on a clip for approximately 68 to 70 points on the season. Goes down with a back injury. Second time in about nine months had to have surgery, depending on who you talk to and uh, if it's Coach Cassidy. He says, well, it depends how long we can extend the season if we will see Mark Stone again. George McPhee on a podcast the other day now says, well, we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll get him back in the regular season. This will complicate our trade deadline acquisition process. So who knows what's happening there. Equally, or as more important, Logan Thompson goes down. He is currently week to week with a lower body injury. We now have Aiden Hill, and luckily the team held on to Laurent Persuap, who was playing in the AHL with the Henderson Silver Knights. Uh, He started his comeback about three, three, four months ago, actually was waived by the Golden Knights. No one claims him. He goes down to the Silver Knights to continue his rehab, finds his game, and now Laurent François is in line possibly to start as early as tomorrow night. So can we get there without our captain and our number one goaltender? Will they both be back, or will we replace Mark Stone? Those are one and one A as far as our most important issues right now with the Vegas Golden Knights.
0: And for the L.A. Kings, uh, the biggest concern going into the season was goaltending, and the biggest concern continues to be goaltending. Despite the incredible job that Phoenix Copley has done, uh, a winning percentage of 773, second only to Linus Olmark of the Boston Bruins. Uh, you know, the numbers aren't going to blow you away. 903 save percentage, uh, 2.74 goals against average. But they just he just wins. And, and you, it was funny, Eric, you talked about the team playing better in front of a goalie. Uh, you look at the other goalies for the Kings, and it just doesn't seem like they play as well in front of them as they do for Phoenix Copley. So, whatever the reason is, it's working and they're winning, and that's the bottom line. But if something happens to Phoenix Copley, uh, are they going to turn to legend Jonathan Quick, who's right streak right now? Are they going to go and call up Cal Peterson? who was put on waivers and sent now to the AHL where he is. At the I just moment. saw Cal
1: Peterson last week play. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: it's, uh, you know, we'll see. We were going to talk about the trade deadline in a little bit. Right now, though, uh, everyone keeping their fingers crossed in L.A., nothing happens to Phoenix Copley, uh, and, uh, and uh, the goaltending is certainly uh, an issue right now and a concern uh, for the L.A. Kings, as it, as it has been uh, pretty much the whole season. Uh, we've got more. Coming up in just a second, but I got to let you guys know. I'm talking about you guys watching this and listening to this that we are at the midway point of the NBA season. And here is now a perfect time for you to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet on up to $1,000. That's bonus bet back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to three pointers made plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance to get a bigger payout with a same day parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. All right. uh, Next question. Who is the MVP of your team so far this season? And obviously why? Uh, Let's see. I don't think we've started off with Erica yet. So let's go to the host of Locked on Kraken. Erica, who's the most valuable player for Seattle?
2: Ooh, this is a tough one. Um, Early on, I would have definitely said Matty Beneers without question. Um, He still has the most points as of last night, at least. For all rookies, all newcomers. And that's with about a 10, I guess maybe 11 game dry spell. So, uh, Matty Veneers just is that guy. He plays the kind of hockey that the Seattle Kraken aspire for all of their players to reach every single game. And part of the problem, is that it's only Maddie Veneers playing that way right now. Um, and so it's easy for teams to if they can shut him down or you know, concuss him Vancouver, uh, so that he doesn't go to his first all-star game and then he misses two games, and then you know, he's out there blocking shots, then you know, it, I'm not bitter, it's fine. Um, you know, so if if you if you can really focus on Maddie Veneers, then you can eliminate a lot of what has made Seattle successful, at least as of right now, especially with Burakovsky out, we've had Schwartz in and out of the lineup. We've had Schultz in and out of the lineup, and those are two other steady arms for Seattle. The reason that I'm fluctuating, and I know I've talked so much about goaltending, but again, if you look at the record, Martin Jones got us some wins that we probably didn't deserve, especially early on. And so I think I'll officially give him uh, an honorable mention, but for me, our mvp is our rookie Matty Veneers.
0: and and you know who knows very likely at the end of the year the calder trophy winner is the nhl rookie of the year uh let's uh let's go over to uh vegas and check in with the host of locked on crack at locked on uh, golden knights sorry about that uh let's go with chris Golick, who is the mvp of the vegas golden knights at this
1: point i'm glad i'm glad you going to me first i was uh, rattling the brain a little bit here i mean mark stone okay injured, so we're going to move on there. Logan Thompson struggled a little bit coming, uh, leading up to the All-Star break, and then unfortunately gets injured. That's the chalk answer, but he's going to be gone for a while. I really want to say Jack Eichel, because he started hot, point per game plus clip, uh, unfortunately misses 10-12 games with an injury, and then was not himself leading up for the eight or so games to the All-Star break. Alex Petrangelo, I think, is the easiest way to go. I really wanted to say Will Carrier for what he's been doing for this team, uh, playing in every single situation lately, but Alex Petrangelo is logging what feels like 46 minutes a game right now, and especially when our defense defensive core was decimated with injuries. He was still the one person out there every single shift, every single moment, every single important moment putting up points, putting up assists, helping the power play, helping the kill, playing amazing five-on-five hockey, and just literally last five minutes of every game, he's always on the ice. He is always on the ice. So I wanted to say a couple other ones. I wanted to make a case, but Alex Petrangelo has to be where I go with this one.
0: All right, and uh, let's uh, wrap up. Well, actually, I got to. I have to go as well. I don't want to forget myself. But let's uh, let next, <laughs> next ask uh, Brett Holden, the host of Locked on Oilers, uh, who's the MVP of the Edmonton Oilers right now? Uh, it's a really, really hard
3: question for you, I'm sure, right? Uh, <laughs> me. I, I don't know. No, maybe the guy who has 42 goals, mm. 55 assists, uh, 97 maybe. points. He also happens to wear 97 for the Edmonton Oilers. But I feel like that's cheating. That's that's cheating, All right? right? Uh, I'm, I'm actually going to go Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman mm-hmm. has been able to kind of – Give the Edmonton Oilers that extra bit this year, especially when Connor McDavid is on the ice. Everybody is going to go to number 97. And everybody seems to forget about the guy who already has career highs and goals with 27 goals, already has 63 points, and we're, what, not even at the trade deadline yet? Zach Hyman has been genuinely the greatest free agent signing possibly in edmonton oilers history so uh zach hyman edmonton oilers mvp
0: all right very good um that other guy might be the mvp of the league but uh, we'll see uh (laughs) the trade deadline is always a hot topic for all of our shows i'm sure getting uh getting listens the clicks the downloads everyone likes to talk about what's going to happen yes brett i see that you have a you want to say something
3: who are the Kings MVP?
0: Oh, that's see. Thank you. I needed somebody a good assist. Good <laughs> helper on that one. Uh, it's gotta be Phoenix Copley. Uh, I've mentioned Ooh. him several times. I don't know where they would be without him because Jonathan quick has fallen off a cliff uh, with all due respect to the greatest goalie in Kings history and Cal Peterson, the supposed goalie of the future, as I mentioned, is in the American hockey league right now. So where would the Kings be without Phoenix Copley? I guess Kevin Fiala leading the team in points uh, Offseason acquisition he could throw him in there as well but the offense has been pretty steady from a number of different guys so i have to start i have to start and finish with uh what's going on in net and that would be phoenix cool. complete thank you Brad. good job by you uh <laughs> the trade deadline uh, i believe is 16 days away if i counted correctly on my calendar uh, and again, it's always a, a hot topic for a lot of fans uh, out there that want to know what are we going to do to help our team? And certainly the group of people we've collected here represent teams that have, we would think, be buyers at the deadline. I know Chris Vegas uh, certainly be interesting to see what goes on with maybe long-term injured reserve to free up some money and cashways, that kind of thing. Um, so let's start with you, Chris, the host of Locked On Golden Knights. Uh, what do you think the Golden Knights are going to be able to do? What would they like to do at the trade deadline?
1: Listen, we know Vegas is going to do something, all right? I know George McPhee was, was um, meddling that maybe it's going to be a, a little more complicated right now. It, it's not complicated. Right now, Mark Stone is not on long-term IR. That's going to happen any moment now, I would assume so. There's no reason to rush to put him on LTIR. Right now, he's on IR to free up the roster spot, but... I think once they get something in mind, you're going to see an LTIR announcement. And all of a sudden, Kelly McCrimmon has $9.5 million open on his credit card. And we know Kelly McCrimmon knows how to zap a credit card Mm -hmm. here in Las Vegas. So they're going to do something. So much about Patrick Kane, although it seems like Patrick Kane is... Now said something about the Rangers and the Leafs are the only place he want, he might take a trade to. So I don't know if that's going to play out. I know he's been uh, matching up in Edmonton maybe. I mean, it's just crazy how that whole situation is going to play out. A lot of other players out there, uh, Barberchev, some other players from St. Louis. There's been talks about defensemen. Maybe they're in the market for a goalie, but they're going to do something. I think it would be very ironic if they acquired Patrick Kane and utilized the Patrick Kane rule to take our salary cap to about 168 million dollars of you know used uh, cap space on the year, so it's it's going to be wacky. But they're going to do something. Vegas makes splashes. That's what they do. Our window, I think, is is getting thin for a Stanley Cup run right now. As weird as that sounds, so utilize the rules while you can. Find the loopholes. Cook the books. Whatever terminology you want to use. So we laugh about that here in Vegas all the time. But I think they're gonna make a big splash, they're gonna do something big. They might even make two moves and maybe shift a defenseman as well to create some depth, some additional depth up front on top of a shiny new piece like Patrick King.
0: Well, I'll or go Timo next. Meyer. I you mentioned Timo Meyer. Yes, Timo Meyer from, from San Jose, certainly a big piece. I'll, I'll go next since I'm kinda I am i do not want to forget myself this time, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to – the Jacob Chikrin trade rumors to L.A. have been going on for over a year. It seems like two years at this point, to be honest. Crazy. Uh, and it seems to make too much sense to not actually happen with the, the number of prospects that the Kings have available. Obviously, Arizona is in the rebuild. Uh, the Kings definitely need a left-shot defenseman. We've got more right-shot defensemen than we know what to do with, but we could use definitely a talented – left shot defenseman so that's the number one priority and again it just seems like it's a foregone conclusion but at the the end of the day it still hasn't happened so arizona is certainly sticking to whatever it is they want as well they should now the king's gonna gonna pay the price uh remains to be seen but it just seems like that's all we've heard about it's all king's fans have been talking about is jacob chickran an la king yet um the goaltending i'd mentioned maybe they make some sort of a move to bring in someone uh, you know, as an emergency, in, in case of emergency break glass goaltender, somebody who's been around the block a little bit, you know, maybe like a James Reimer in San Jose, just in case of emergency. Like I said, if something were to happen to Phoenix Copley and then you got to turn to Jonathan Quick or Cal Peterson, uh, that would be pretty much a disaster at this point. So definitely left shot defense, number one, and maybe some sort of veteran goalie just in case uh, something happens to Phoenix Copley. I think
1: Jonathan Quick's going to figure it out if they turn to him. This is, is This is when Quick quick shines i think if they have to go back to him last year he was remarkable down the stretch
0: i can tell you this there are many kings fans who would uh love for that to happen because you know you know how it is when you have a great player and you want it to end a certain way this is the last year of his contract (laughs) and it's just not looking good right now but that would be a great story uh for sure uh let's go with uh brett holden the host of locked on oilers uh what are they going to do with the deadline there i know jacob jickren was has been mentioned for the oilers as
3: well right you know what he has been. Uh, Eric Carlson has been mm-hmm. somehow. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Ken Holland is one of those guys. Uh, just an old timing t- or old time type mentality. He throws a lot of smoke screens into the media, and <laughs> all of a sudden he makes a move like Andreas Athanasiou to see you, and you go, oh, "Okay, okay, cool, okay." Weird. Uh, but Or Mike Green, even, who played like three games. Anyways, again, uh, hey, Green. Erica, My you Green. may be bitter. I'm bitter, too. Don't worry about it. Uh, but, uh, no, eh, the thing is, is that eh, we don't know. Ken Holland has been vocal, however, on many shows and many media proportions uh, that if the Oilers do make a deal, it is money in, money out. Understandable with a team who is in LTIR, but when you're a team like the Oilers who have Connor McDavid and Leon drive settle in a window that is wide open that allow anybody to crawl into and just make a pie in your kitchen, you better start to make moves to win a Stanley Cup. Is Eric Carlson realistic? Probably not. But now with Jacob a Chikrin possibly being moved, the Edmonton Oilers' hand is almost forced here. The Edmonton Oilers either have to pick in. I said yesterday on, on my show, I said, if the Edmonton Oilers do not trade for one of Jacob Chikrin or Eric Carlson, you can say goodbye to Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle. There is no way. If, if Ken Holland does not make a move for a puck moving defenseman and show that Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle, and show Connor McDavid and Leon Drysidle that he is serious about winning a Stanley Cup in Edmonton, then that's the move you have to make. But if he doesn't, you're gone. You might as well just hand them to somebody else right now, because there is no, reason for them to sit there and believe and this is the first time something like this has come out of my mouth around mcdavid and dry you need to swing you cannot miss and that is the biggest thing for the edmonton oilers at the deadline i would also like to see the edmonton oilers add a little grit in the bottom six you saw what clean coston has done for the oilers but it nice be nice to see somebody who can kill penalties maybe take some face-offs as well but really be a depth kind of guy sam lafferty has kind of been the uh Flavor of the the month for the Edmonton Oilers, or at least Edmonton Oilers media recently, Nick Buke said, has also been tossed around. So, number one thing is the defenseman, a puck-moving defenseman. Second thing is a bottom-six forward.
1: All right, Eric. The Oilers have a history of moving big, amazing, generational, like best players ever in the organization. Has that ever happened before?
3: No. What What do you mean? Oh wait, I'm just I curious. Guy.
0: I think I. Guy. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. Uh, the host of Locked On Kraken, Eric Ayala. What do you think Seattle does at the deadline? I know you kind of said earlier, you didn't think maybe they would do much.
2: Yeah, I alluded to that again. We got uh, Jacob Magna, we did get a, a defender. I don't know that he's the the puck mover that I, I was hoping for, but, um, you know, he's there. <laughs> I think there have been a lot of conversations, though, about what the Seattle Kraken might do defensively. I think Ron Francis and his team are starting to get to the point where they want to make some moves defensively. A lot of people, especially early in the season, uh, were ready to put Carson Susie up on the trading block just because of some of the, uh, you know, I, Carson's a great guy. Love chatting with him. And he takes very untimely penalties. Um, And the Seattle Kraken cannot afford that generally, but certainly not from someone with a leadership role. So I think it's a little rough, but given that, you know, Megna, I don't think is going to take, Susie spot and Schultz is back in the lineup. So we're not necessarily in need of anything. I don't see that happening. The Seattle Kraken at the last trade deadline acquired 10 picks. And I think we've used maybe two or three of them. Uh, so we're in a pretty good position. I think cap wise, we're okay, but not in a good enough position to if Edmonton just completely, you know, um, uh, wets the bed to pick up anything that they might be dropping. So we're, we're okay, but we don't have like big spenders necessarily, at least right. Not right now. I might see a move or two to either get some more cap space and get some more money um, or get some more picks that we can then flip for, for players that we want. But I don't, unfortunately in my opinion see a lot of urgency right now I think the Seattle Kraken are content to hold on and really just see how much they can push this roster through the remainder of this season and if they see an opportunity and a good deal to get them ready for next year then they'll take it but I, th- I think that's what we're gonna see so so we're riding we're riding with what we've got that's my gut feeling but again puck moving defenseman would be amazing an elite level level score is what we're going to need. If we don't get it this offseason or this uh, trade deadline and this offseason, it it has to be a top priority um, because we're not going to be able to hang in any division, let alone the Pacific Division, if we don't find an elite level goal scorer
0: all right we're gonna wrap up the show by getting predictions and will all four of our teams be in a playoff spot at the end of the year as they are at the moment we'll answer that question in a second but i need to let you know that this episode also brought to you by built bar looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories you got to try a built bar they are delicious and you wouldn't think they're good for you because they're covered in 100 percent real chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and coconut almond uh built bars taste like candy bars but they're actually good for you 130 calories four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years i've been telling you to go to built.com you can still do that but you can also go to your local walmart or sam's club they're in the pharmacy section in addition new to the new flavors they've got the old favorites like cookies and cream double chocolate and coconut pop built bars protein bars that taste like candy bars that was good
1: that was good (laughs)
3: i know i'm hungry i I, it's early in the morning for us a little little peek behind the uh the curtain here and i'm feeling my stomach that was a nice little little reminder thanks
0: all right guys let's bring it on home with the question (laughs) do all four of our teams make it into the playoffs and who is going to win the division i will be your fearless leader and i will start (laughs) off first I'd love to pick my LA Kings, but considering in their entire existence, they have one division title in their history. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say that all four of our teams will make it in, but the winner of the division will be the team that's currently leading the division. I'm going to say Chris's Vegas Golden Knights win the Pacific. All right. Uh, Erica, the host of Locked on Kraken. Do all four of our teams make it into the playoffs? And who wins the division? Do and, all you can, forever- and you can pick your own team if you want. That is that is allowed.
2: All right. Fantastic. Uh, all right. I do think that all of our teams will make the playoffs. I'm just looking at some of the, the data around strength of schedule. And I think for the most part, uh, that bodes well, especially uh, for L.A. and Seattle. Um Vegas, you know, Chris, I, I hear what you're saying about about goaltending. And if that's going to be a problem and, and some of what you got going on there, I think it's going to be tough for you to hang on. Um. So we'll see. I don't know, though, if if either Seattle or L.A. is really ready to take over that spot. So I think there's still some growing pains that we're going to see Edmonton. I, I think you probably stand the biggest chance, Brett, you and your squad to make some leaps here as the season winds down. I think we all make it, but I'm going to be a little controversial here. I don't know if it's controversial, but I'm going to, I'm going to say Edmonton. I'm just going to go ahead with it and say, yeah, you're going to take the division and, and we'll see where it goes from that. But I think we all four make it. And I think Edmonton really goes on a, on a run here and uh, shows us how it's done in the Pacific division.
0: Yeah. I, honestly, it's so tight right now. I don't I don't think i'd be surprised it, what, what, what any order of what the division would be at this point so i don't think that's too controversial uh brett host of locked on oilers are all four of our teams going to make it and who wins the division
3: i do think all four teams are going to make it i you know what i'm sitting here going oh we're all gonna say it we're all being so nice to me <laughs> I, I do think we're all, all gonna make it here I, you know what there's been Tons of, at the start of the year, Erica and I we we had a nice little crossover in the off season, and we said that this is the Seattle Kraken are like FC opportunity. They got this a whole bunch of open spots for players to come out there and prove they're NHL ready, and 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 can come out here and prove there is something to their game and to something to the Seattle Kraken. That's exactly what they've proven this year. It's been great to watch the Kraken and every other uh, Phoenix. How is Phoenix Copley? Keeping this team in a playoff spot, but every single time you see a Kings game, he's stealing the show for the Kings. And, I mean, the Vegas Golden Knights are one of the most cerebral teams you can watch in the NHL. One of the most difficult teams to break down. And those are the three teams that the Edmonton Oilers are battling for playoff position with. And the Edmonton Oilers have been one of the best teams since Christmas, the Edmonton Oilers have the most goals for per 60 minutes in all of the NHL since January 8th, the Edmonton Oilers are looking fantastic. I think they are all going to make the playoffs. Oh man. It, it genuinely, you can toss four or five coins in the air and it, I don't know what would be, who could end up on top. Genuinely. It may just become who wins the last game of the season. I think the Oilers are going to finish second. You mm. know what? I have a little trust in the Los Angeles Kings. Mm. I like some of their leaders. I think they might end up topping and surprising all of us here. All
0: right. Last but not least, uh, Chris Gallick, host of co-host of, I don't want to forget your co-host, blocked lo- uh, on uh, Golden Knights. It's, it's Tony. Tony. Don't worry
1: about Tony. He's fine. We can forget Tony. Don't okay, worry. Okay. Tony. Tony. Tony's Tony.
0: Forget about Tony. Hi, Tony. Uh, do, do all four <laughs> teams make it in, and who do you think wins the division?
1: Man, all four teams to... make it in. I mean, listen, here's the thing about the Pacific. It's the gift that keeps on giving 28 games long for us. Um, you know, thank thankful that we get to see Vancouver and San Jose and Anaheim as much as we do, obviously. <laughs> and uh, the Flames just don't seem ready to to make that step yet. I'm unfortunate. Well, fortunate for us, unfortunate for them. But they'll no, be no, there at fortunate. some point. What's that?
3: It's fortunate. No, no. Unfortunate, yeah, yes. That, yeah, uh, I see all of the them up, up there. I
1: got you. I got okay you. that.
3: Who do you so think all four of us
1: are in the playoffs. Um, Vegas, a lot of questions down the stretch with goaltending. Big home and home against Seattle right near the end of the year. That could end up deciding the division. But Edmonton is so much firepower right now. They are in form if we're going to talk about a horse racing reference here. Like you said, nine, one, and two or something like that, since uh, what, since something, whatever that whatever that something is. They're they're amazing. And I guess a quick question. Where does that 9-1-2 record resonate with Evander Kane's return?
3: That's a really good question. He came in around the – honestly, he came in in the sixth game of that. He came on the California trip. Yeah, he came on the California trip, didn't play in Los Angeles, San Jose, and Anaheim, and Vegas as well. And then once they came back, he – so I guess the eight-game mark. And since then – five or four goals in the last five games. Yeah. I mean,
1: talk about a trade deadline acquisition right there, and maybe they may make another one. So I'm, I'm buying that Edmonton can get into the division. It's going to be razor thin. There could be four points or less that separate all three of our teams, but I just think Edmonton has the firepower to push, and there's a lot of questions with the other three teams that we're talking about right now. Edmonton's always going to have a goaltending question because it's not a it's not an HL season if Edmonton doesn't have goaltending issues. Um, and I'm not knocking you. I'm just giving you, you know, a dose of reality, which everyone in the National Hockey League knows. But Edmonton gets there a lot of firepower, and um, it's going to be close. We're all going to get in, and uh, it's going to be fun. I can't wait. We'll have to, we'll have to do with this uh, right between uh, the end of the regular season and the first playoff game, too. It'll be fun.
0: I was uh, thinking the exact same thing. Uh, absolutely, guys. That's going to do it. I want to thank obviously Chris Golick, the host of the co-host of uh, Locked On Golden Knights, uh, Eric Ayala, <laughs> the host of Locked On Kraken, Brett Holden, the host of Locked On Oilers, I'm Eddie Garcia, the host of Locked On LA Kings. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll have to do it again, as we said, hopefully right before the playoffs. Uh, of course, you can find all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Hope you guys enjoyed this special Pacific Division Roundtable. For Chris, for Erica, for Brett, I'm Eddie. Thanks for listening and watching this special edition of Locked On the Kings, Locked On Oilers, Locked On Kraken, and Locked On Golden Knights, all part of the Locked On Podcast Network.